Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. The title I have this morning for you is called In the Starting Blocks. And this is going to be an encouraging message to prepare you for a new perspective in a new year. Because the reality is that we're all excited and eager to start a new year. We want to put aside, we want to get rid of this past year, right? Because we want to forget about it as fast as possible. And if you're like me, we're excited by new things, right? When you get a new present, hopefully this week you got some new stuff, right? Some of you would have got new things in your life. Someone gifted you with something new and exciting, right? And those of you online, hopefully you got something too. So you guys don't have to be dead. You can, you know, <laughs> did you get anything new? <laughs> did you get something you wanted? All right. If you're watching online, tell us what you got that was exciting. And so anytime we have something new, it helps dispel and put away the bad things that we experienced in the past. Because this concept of new gives us this idea that, you know, the old things are gone, the past has gone away, the bad mistakes, the, you know, the, the errors of the past can be forgotten because we have a new year ahead of us. And so we anticipate something exciting and something new. Because who wants to remember our past mistakes? Do you want to remember your errors, your failures, the things you messed up with? You don't want to remember them at all. You want to put them away as fast as possible. And so that's why when we start a new job, it's a fresh start, right? We have something new, a new place to begin. And, you know, maybe we made some mistakes at our old job, but we're not going to do the same thing here. When you get into a new relationship, you want to start this new relationship, not with all the problems you had from your past relationship. This is going to be something you can work on and maybe work at better than you did with your past errors and past relationships. And the same thing, a new year is a, a new venture to begin a new chapter of your life, right? You can turn the page on your past and you can write a brand new chapter in your life. You don't have to be weighed down by the errors of your past. And as great and as exciting as we are and we anticipate a new year and new beginnings, the reality is that we have to have a broader view than just getting excited because a new year begins. We need to have the hope that exists when we look at our future and anticipate great things, but not forget the experiences that brought us this far. Because one person said, you know, if you forget your past, you're bound to repeat it. If you forget history, you're bound to make the same mistakes you did before. And so for most of us, we want to anticipate a great future, but we don't want to make the same mistakes we did before, especially in this coming year. And so we want to move forward from our detours. We want to step out of our mistakes, and we want to get back on the highway of success. Who wants that? I believe you want that, and I believe you watching online, you want that as well. You want to have a highway to success. And we want this for our lives. We want this for ourselves. We want this for the loved ones around us. We want this for our businesses. We want this for whatever we're doing in our life. We want success. No one sits there and says, you know what, this year, I want failure. Who does that? Do you do that? 
No, we want a success. You want to build into a successful year. You want to make something better than you had in your past. We want to win at life, right? Do you want to win at life? You sure? Because you don't sound like you want to win at anything right now. We want to win. And, you know, think about it in this way. It's like a runner who's in the Olympics. They're set in the blocks, the starting blocks of this Olympic race, the 100-meter race. And they arrived at this race to fail or to win. Do they start this race going, you know what? I think I'm going to end up last. No one does that. All of them arrive believing that they're going to win. All of them get into the starting blocks because they want to achieve success. They want to win this race. They want to be the one that holds the medal at the end. They want to stand up on that podium at the end and say, I did this. And so when they get into the starting blocks, their eyes are focused in. They're leaning in to the finish line. They're thinking about finishing the race. They're visualizing their completion. They've measured their success. They've trained. They've measured every stride. They've measured their time before. They've got their breathing under control. They've got everything prepped. And they hope at this moment, all that comes together for them to achieve success. There's a lot of time and preparation that has gone into that. But pause just for a sec as we visualize this runner in the starting blocks about to win this race. And this race, this 100 meter race is going to be about 8 seconds or less. But it's not been 8 seconds of their life, it's been years of their life. This is not something they woke up on that day and go, you know what? It'll be great today if I run in the Olympics. I'm just going to show up and get into the starting blocks and I'm going to win this race. No one does that. They've taken time to prepare themselves. They've taken years to prepare for eight seconds. Years of sacrifice, years of commitment, years of pain, Years of struggle, years of loneliness, all of it has gone into preparing for this eight seconds. And they've run this race before. They've run it a hundred times when there was no one around. They've run it in training. They've run it early in the morning when no one was watching. They've run it late at night alone on the track by themselves. And maybe they got into situations because, you know what, they would have had to sacrifice. They wouldn't have been able to go out with their friends when they said, hey, come hang out. They're like, no, I got to commit to training. I got to focus in and prepare myself for success. And maybe they missed out on some good occasions. Maybe they missed out on Christmas because they were at the training field, the track, preparing to get themselves ready for this race. Maybe you missed out on some good meals because, you know, you can't eat what you want if you're trying to get your body in peak condition. You have to eat correctly. You have to eat thing. You can't go out and splurge and like, today I'm going to have some donuts, some ice cream, and some fried chicken. 
you, know, you, you can't enjoy that as much as you want to. Maybe everyone else around you is eating that, but you're having some lean chicken and asparagus, you know? <laughs> and you're not having the best meal a lot of times because you're getting your body in the right second. Everyone's cheering when they're in the stadium for eight seconds. But for the majority of the years they've trained in loneliness, there's been no one cheering. They've had to cheer themselves on. They've had to get themselves prepared. So we looked at the finished product on TV and we cheer them on on TV. The world is watching all of these athletes for eight seconds. But it's been years of their life that they've prepared for this moment. They've gone through years of no one cheering, the monotony and the routine of doing life over and over. And what I want to let you know is your success in the new year is only going to come if you have prepared yourself for it. Oftentimes we think, you know, we're just going to start a new year. But your new year is not going to be any different If you go in with the same attitudes you had in the past, if you go in with the same lack of preparation, there's going to be no reward in it. Because what you're going to do is you end up with another year, and at the end of the year, you're going to say, next year is going to be better. And next year is going to be better. And next year is going to be better. But you haven't done anything to prepare yourself for success. You haven't prepared your mind, you haven't prepared your body, you haven't prepared your goals, you haven't prepared your life for a new year. So it doesn't matter how great the new thing is, if you're not prepared to receive it, it's going to be the same old thing. It's like a person showing up to the Olympics not having trained for the race, and they get into the starting blocks. You see, the starting blocks is not the beginning of the race, it's the end of their preparation. Oftentimes, we think this is the beginning, but it's had, there has to be a completion or preparation of something before you get into the blocks to start the race. We have to get prepared for our year before we get into the year, because if we get into the year, if the race starts and you're not prepared, guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose. And it's the same thing in life. The principle is if you don't prepare, you're not going to succeed. And this principle comes to the life of one of Scripture's greatest influences. Apart from Jesus, who is the greatest person in the history of the world, apart from Jesus, I think the Apostle Paul had the greatest impact on the world through his life, through his writing, and through his letters. He has shaped world leaders. He has shaped teachers. He has shaped students. He shaped our lives as Christ followers All of it has been influenced by this one amazing individual. His words are so profound as well as practical. They have shaped how we live and what we think of of living as a Christ follower. His letters teach us how to act and how to live and what to do in a world that sometimes doesn't align with our same values. And if you didn't know anything about the Apostle Paul, he was someone called a Pharisee. And a Pharisee was one of the wealthy people of their time, but they're also very learned people. They knew a lot, and he was a brilliant tactician and scholar. He was learned in all of the ancient Hebrew literature 
and scriptures. He learned from masters. He sat under people that taught him profound things, which meant that he was, you know, one of the great influences of his time and his culture. He was at the top of his cultural society based on who he was. And if you know anything about the early life of the Apostle Paul, he wasn't the great component or supporter of those people who were considered people of the way. That's what early Christians were called. They weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way because they followed Jesus. And he believed that they were violating God's law. And they were actually an affront to God. And so he was zealous about what he believed in. He was passionate about what he believed in. He didn't think, oh, well, you know, someone else has sorted out. No, he stepped forward. He said, you know, this is, a, this, is a, this is the worst thing that's going to be happening. I'm going to step out and do something about these heathens, these people that are mistreating God and, and spreading rumors. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to persecute them. He didn't think they were persecuting them, but that's what he was doing. I'm going to take them. I'm going to put them in prison. I'm going to stop the spread of this heathen philosophy and ideology. I'm going to make sure that our God is known and this way is going to be brought to an end in a swift way. So I'm going to take them and put them in prison, execute them. That's what he was. He was passionate about what he believed in. right? But then he had this amazing encounter with the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. When Jesus appeared to him and said, you know what, Paul, you're actually persecuting me. And he said, what do you mean, God? How am I persecuting you? He said, well, you're persecuting my followers, therefore you're persecuting me. And Paul had this radical transformation in his life. He went from someone persecuting the church to building the church. He went from putting the people in prison to being sought out to be imprisoned by those people who were supporting him to begin with. But what's radical about Paul was that his zeal, his belief in God, his extreme extrovertness in who he was and what he was doing for God did not change. It remained the same. His passion remained. His focus changed. What he believed in, the same God that he knew, he believed in, he continued. And so Paul from this point, offers us some great insight. And he actually uses the same thing I'm talking to you about today. He uses the same race analogy when he's talking about this to other Christ followers. I want to read some of his words to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is what he says. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize, right? Only one wins the race. Is this a strange thing? No, it's, he's talking to us about the reality of life. Then he says to us, run in such a way as to get the prize. When you're running the race, are you running to finish last? No, you're running to to win the prize. Everyone in the race runs to win the prize. So he says to us, run your race like you want to win the prize. Everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. That's what we've been talking about. They do it to get a crown that will not last. He's talking about a material thing. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. What is he saying? He's using the same idea about a race, but he's using it as a metaphor for life. When we are in a race, and all of us, the reality is that we're all in a race. We're in a race of our life. We're all running this race. Whether you realized it or not, you're in the race. 
how you succeed is not dependent upon God, it's dependent upon you. Because he's equipped you with everything to prepare you to finish your race and to win the prize. But how you've prepared is not dependent upon him, it's dependent upon you. But only one gets the prize. And what is this prize that he's talking about? The prize is your success in life. Your success in your life. Has your life been successful? Or are you going to continue to look into your future and measure it by the same way you did in your past? What are your mistakes that you want to put aside? What are your failures that you want to forget? Are you going to make the same mistakes? Are you not going to prepare, as Paul says? Have you gone into training? And I'm not talking about, you know, just bodily exercise. I'm talking about preparing your life for success. What foundation have you put in your life to elevate you into this new year to help you move forward in your life? Or are you going to go into this year thinking it's just the same thing? It's the same routine. Again, he says, everyone who competes trains. They practice. They equip themselves. They prepare themselves to compete in the race. And friends, transformers, whether you're watching online or in here, prepare yourself to win at life. Prepare yourself to succeed. Because I believe all of you want success in your life. You want to have a better year next year than you did this year. You want to have more success, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's your job, whatever it is, whether it's your bank account, all of you want success. But what are we doing to prepare for ultimate success? So in much the same way, if you're to succeed in what's ahead, you have to prepare for success. If you are to succeed in what's ahead, you have to prepare for success. Ultimately, as Christ follows, we have a goal in our lives. And it's not just to compete on the racetrack of life like everyone else. Yes, we have jobs and we have school we have to take our kids to. And yes, we have to get up in the morning and do our routine and, and check in from 9 to 5. And, and you know, make sure on the weekends we take our kids out for whatever activities they're doing. And, and we have to take them to school and we have to show up at work. And we do all those things. But there's a greater view beyond that as Christ followers. That is not the end of our life. That is not our existence. We have a broader, greater, more significant calling than just to exist. It's greater than existence. Just living is existing, but God didn't call us to exist. He called us to impact, transform, and change the world. And as great as it is, is all we think, you know, there's nothing wrong with accumulating stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a good job. There's nothing wrong with having a good bank account. There's nothing wrong with having all the good things in life. But if your focus is only on that thing, you've missed out on the most significant part of your life. And that is that you have the ability, a God-ordained ability to transform and impact people around you. You miss out on the most significant part. You exist to succeed in this world to be an example to others. God put you here 
not just to live and succeed, but also to influence and be an example for others. You must have a wider view of life other than just going to work, getting money, getting a house, getting stuff, getting old, and dying. That's just existence. It's not living. All of us want to live. So ask yourself this question. How can you impact the world around you if you've not prepared to leave an impact? What time have you invested in preparing yourself for tomorrow? How can you win the prize if you've not planned to win the race? How will your year ahead bring you success if you have not put down any goals to measure your success? How will this year be different if you're going to do the same thing you did every year and expect things to change? You know, that's the definition of insanity. To do the same thing and expect different results. How can you do the same thing every year and hope that things will change? It's not going to change because there's been no preparation in your life. How will it be different this year? How will your new year be different? Again, Paul has words of wisdom to offer us. He tells us in Philippians, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. And I want you to lean in a little bit and pay close attention to the great words that Paul has to offer. He says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I've made it in my own yet. And you think about Paul, you think about his impact, you think about his significance, you think about his world influence. He's saying, I don't consider myself to have made it. And we're thinking, wow, Paul, we're not worthy (laughs) to even get what you're saying. But if Paul considers himself not to have made it, where are you and I? Right? He's influenced the world, and he says, I don't think I've made it yet. So where are we in that picture? And so he says, I do not consider that I've made it in my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. And then he offers us some really sound advice. All of us who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfection, should have this attitude. What is the attitude he's saying? Should have this attitude. And if any respect, if any of you in respect have a different attitude, that too God will make clear to you. Now to be fair, I don't think Paul is literally saying forget your past because he knows his past. He talks about it a lot. I think he's using hyperbolic language to accentuate the priority of planning and preparing and having the right perspective. He's not literally saying forget about your past. He's saying the priority of your life is before you and in preparation for that, Focus in, lean in a little bit more to how you're going to live your life, how you're going to prepare for the future that you want, because it's not going to just drop into your lap. It's not just going to appear out of the blue and fall into you. It's not even going to happen if you believe in God, because God has made a way, but if you don't step into that path that he's prepared for you, it doesn't matter how great the plan is, it's not going to succeed if you haven't prepared. Your future is always going to be more important than your past. And some of us, you know, we are defined by our past. 
Our past seems to be brighter than our future because our focus is not on where we are going. It's what happened in the past. We talk about things. Oh, you remember the day we had fun in that day? And you remember that time and this time? And so our focus is not forward thinking. It's backward focused. The best days of our life appear to have been in our past, not in our future. So how prepared are you? What is this prize to achieve our full measure in Jesus? To come into the full standing of what God has put into your life. And some of us, we haven't got there yet. Some of us, we're still trying to get to that place of full maturity. Now, I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to encourage you and let you know that God is wildly excited about you. He's passionate about you. He's invested in you. He loves you. And if there's anyone in the crowd, when there was no one on that track cheering you on, I believe and I know for a fact that God was in the stands. He was cheering you on. When no one else was watching, He was invested in you. When no one else was your cheering squad, He was your cheering squad. When you were alone by yourself and you didn't have anything in your life, God was saying there, you can do it. I believe in you. He was there on your side. And so Paul says, do you want to be mature? Do you want to be mature, Christ follows? Are you content to be lackadaisical? Are you content to just live this life? Are you content to just go by day by day, just doing what you normally do, just existing, just carrying on? It's just another day, or is there something better? In fact, he emphasizes this clearly. He defines maturity. We should all have this attitude, he says, all of us who are mature Pursuing spiritual perfection should have this attitude. What is this attitude he's talking about? Preparing for your success. Preparing for a great future. So this year, if you're going to have a wider view, if you're going to have an impact, if you're really going to make a transformative change in your life, this year... Don't make it all about you. Because that's what we do. When you make it all about you, you actually get smaller. When you make it about you, your impact becomes insignificant. When you make it about you, you have no weight of change behind you at all. There are millions of people all across this world who are doing exactly the same thing, making it about themselves. Do you know any of them? Do you know their name? Do you know what they've done? Do you know that they get up in the morning and they go to work and they earn a paycheck and they come back home and they do the same thing? Have they changed the world? Have they impacted their community? Have they changed anything around them? Or are they just doing life? Is that what you want from your life? To go around making you the center of your universe? Because it's all about me. Uh, it's about my house. It's about my car. It's about my bank account. It's about what I want in my life. It's about my devices. It's about my things. It's all about me. And when you make it about you, nothing around you changes. It's about my social media. It's about how I look. But there's a plan beyond, uh, beyond you of goal that God has that can be greater than just about you. 
of how God can use you to change and transform not just your world. Because here's the thing, when you invest in God's plan, it's not going to just transform you, it's going to transform everyone else around you. It's going to transform your community, it's going to transform your world, it's going to transform people you encounter It's not just going to affect you. And that's true impact. That's leaving a legacy that will last beyond your life. Beyond what you can contain. When you help someone else's life, when you shape someone else, your legacy is carried on in words and stories beyond your world, your time, the people, your kids that will talk about you when you're gone. Is your legacy... A stone in a graveyard that no one remembers? That made no impact in anyone's life? That didn't do anything? And when your children pass on, no one's going to remember you at all. Let me tell you who we do remember. We remember Paul. We remember Peter. We remember great other leaders who have invested and given themselves to God. We remember the great teachers of yesteryear. We remember people of significance that transformed our world. We don't remember people that did nothing in their life, that went around making themselves the center of this world. They're forgotten. No one remembers them. Let me tell you this. I've been to funerals and I've conducted funerals and I've, been, I've sat with people who've lost loved ones. You know what they talk about? They don't talk about how, much, how big their house was. They don't talk about what their parents left them and what car they were driving They don't talk about how much money was left in the bank. You know what they talk about? Memories, times, words of wisdom, things that were shared with them that impacted their life. That's what they talk about. I remember when my dad took me fishing and he offered me these words of wisdom. I remember my mother sitting me down as we made a cake and she talked about the ingredients we put in in our cake and how she helped me focus on the priority of life. No one talks about how much money they get. No one passes on information about money. You see, all the things you accumulate in your life are eventually going to be distributed by the people that come after you. Because what you think is important, other people give away. So when you spend your whole life accumulating stuff, The stuff you accumulate in this world is for this world. It can't go anywhere. And when it's gone, it's gone. The only thing you can take with you is your impact in this world. The only thing you can take with you, I'll say it again, is how you transformed someone's life. How you impacted someone in the community, around your world, around what you did. them. It's about making them important. And ultimately, that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He came to bring significance to us, not to himself. Jesus came to distribute his power to other people. He never used his power for self. He always used his power and influence for others. It was never a selfish thing. And if we are to be true Christ followers, then we have to use words that have been offered to us through wise men like Paul who talk about 
pushing in and leaning into the prize that we have in our life. The ultimate prize is your life. God has given you life. What do you do with it? It's not up to Him. It is up to you. What you do with the most precious thing you have. And I remind you, it's not an infinite supply. There's an expiry date attached to it. And what you do between made-by date and expiry date is what you're going to leave behind. It's not what you put into the container that's going to be important. It's what you've put out of the container that's going to be important. And so let me say this. Don't go into another year without planning to leave an impact like never before. Plan success by preparing for your tomorrow. I've said this a number of times and I'm going to repeat it again. Plan on what you want to become, not on what you want to get done. What is, how is that significant? Well, I'm telling you not to make a list. You know, in the new, I'm going to do this. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That does not bring success. You know why? Because when you have a grocery list of things you want to get done, it's just you checking off. You have to believe on what you want to become. If you want to change the world, you say, I want to be an influencer in my community. If you're going to be an influencer, that's what you want to become. Then what you pour into your life is going to accentuate what you want to become, not what you want to get done. If you want to, to lose weight, don't say, well, I want, my goal this year is going to lose weight. No, I want to live a healthy life so I can impact those around you, around me. I want to enjoy my family. I want to be healthy so I can run with my grandkids. I want to be healthy so I can go out and do things God has equipped me to. And therefore, I will, be, will make my body healthier. It's not to lose weight. It's what I want to become that will help me achieve my goal. So what do you want to be in this year that's coming? Is it just another year or are you going to do it? And I remind you, listen, Paul was focused in. If you find out your why, you need to know your why. Why do you do what you do? If you don't know why you do what you do, you will never achieve anything in life. Because all of it is just a grossly list of things you want to get done. It's not what you want to become. Paul understood his why. And why he existed changed the world. And he tells us here, he says this, this is Paul's why. I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Why did Paul do what he did? Because that's what he wanted to achieve. Why did he write all those letters to tell? Why did he go teach? Why did he go preach? Why did he travel diverse things? Why did he almost die from being stoned? Why did he, he put up with thieves and robbers and all these things? Why did he do all those things? Because of this, he wants to press into God. That's why he existed. Who did he impact? He impacted the world. And it stemmed from this why, why he existed, to press into Jesus. Why do we exist? I want you to really lean into that today and ask yourself, because we have one week almost, or less than that, a few days before we start off 2021, or 2021 if you started this, if you're watching it whenever. You have a few days. Don't let those days go to waste. Prepare your heart. Prepare your mind. 
Write down what you want to become and work towards it. I want to leave you as always with a few takeaways and I encourage you, I want, this to, want you to really lean into this. Don't just come to church. Amen. Come to be something that will help everyone else. When you come, you're not coming to get. We're not spiritual consumers. I want to emphasize that so importantly. Because when you come to be a spiritual consumer, it's all about you. It's all about what I want. It's all about, you know, give me this and give me that. Don't come to church. God never created the church to be spiritual consumers. He created the church to be spiritual distributors. Don't just come because you want something. Come to give your life away. Whether it's to play, whether it's to sing, whether it's to serve, whether it's to do anything, whether it's to smile or hug someone. Come with this perspective, God, I come to give myself away today. Because that's what Jesus came for, to give himself away. Let's be true Christ followers. And let's take something away and prepare for a year like never before. I believe that this year was great. And some of you say, well, COVID was horrible. It was, but it gave us an internal preparation like never before. It forced you to pause from the activity and take stock of your spirituality. It forced you. And if you were like anyone else, maybe you disconnected and said, well, you know, there's no church, so I'm just going to disconnect. But those who are mature, Paul says, it doesn't matter if there was a gathering or not. Paul leaned into Christ even when there was no one around to help him. That race that he's talking about, preparing for the race, it's done solo. No one can run this race for you. You can have a coach that can help you and God's our coach, but you have to run the race for yourself. You have to prepare that for yourself. He's there to cheer us on. He's there. He's equipped us with life and breath and he pours good things into our life. But you have to run the race for yourself. I cannot emphasize that enough. And so I want to leave you with two takeaways before we pray. Number one, question. How will you prepare this year to bring you maximum success as your life as a Jesus follower? Don't just come to church. Another thing I want to emphasize is don't just come, take notes. Bring your book, write it on your phone. Because if you just come and just sit here and just go away without having absorbed anything, your week's not going to change. Write this down. Spend a few minutes in your week and prepare your life. It's going to build you like nothing else can. So answer yourself, answer this question for yourself. How will you prepare this year to bring yourself maximum success in your life as a Jesus follower? Have your phone, write it down. Looking at me is not going to change your life. Really, it's not. It's when you put something into it. Just as Paul was talking about, no one runs a race without preparing. Prepare your life. This is how you prepare. How will you prepare this year to bring you maximum success in your life as a Christ follower? What will you do? Or is this year going to be the same? Right? Number two, what would you write down on what you want to become? 
What do you want to become this year? What do you want to shape you? And the reality is that, you know, we can choose whatever we want. We can choose, say, you know what, this year I just want to accumulate stuff. And there's nothing, you know, that, that could be your goal and that could be a great goal if you want, but it's not going to impact anything. It's not bad, but it's not what you're created to do. What will you become in the year ahead of you? I want to remind you of Paul's words one last time. This was Paul's why. I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is why Paul lived his life and did what he did. Because he wanted to press into Jesus more and more. And that brought him significance. And that brought transformation not just in his life but in the world around him. And we're feeling the impact of those words and that life today, right now. What will you leave behind you? What impact and legacy will you leave? You need to prepare now for your tomorrow. Let's stand. I want to let you know that God is for you. He loves you. He has a great plan for you. And maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus and really follow Jesus. Because the reality is that we can come to church. We can hang out with other believers. We can go to lunch. We can go to dinner. We can enjoy the fellowship of those that follow Christ. But we've never made the commitment in our heart to truly follow Jesus to truly give our life to Him. And that's what makes the difference, Transformers. It's not what you believe that will change your life. It's what you do because of you, what you believe that will change the world. Believe, there's people all across the world that believe something. It makes no difference to what you believe because belief is internal. It's about you. But when that belief hits God's plan and becomes transformative, then it flows out of you into those around you. That's what changes lives. That's what changes you. And that's what changes everyone else around you. So I want you to take a moment. I'm just going to stop talking for a moment. I want you to close your eyes. Look into your heart and for those of you that have followed Jesus, recommit to him in this coming year. And if you have not followed him, I want you to honestly look into your life and take stock and say, is your life better without following him? And maybe today is the day that you decide that you want to truly follow Jesus. Truly follow him. Truly commit your life to Him. Heavenly Father, 
Lord God Almighty. Father, we're at the brink of a new year. And Lord, as we look back into these last 12 months that you've given us, it's by your grace that we've had them. Lord, I pray that all of us prepare for what's ahead of us. Really lean into what you've called us to do beyond just living and existing and and doing the activities and the routine of life. It's beyond that. There's a greater need, a greater capacity that you've poured into our life. We are significant because you made us significant. And we have the potential to do amazing things in our world because it's your power and your spirit that works in us and through us that enables us to do what you've called us to do. And so Lord, let's turn up the volume on your voice and turn down the volume on our voice. Let's lean into you a little bit more and lean less into what we want in our life. Let's go into 2021 prepared like never before for our life and for the lives around us. Let's be a blessing rather than be ones that come to receive. Let's be people that you call us to be. Let's emulate you, Jesus, because you came to give away your life. And so let's come with the same mindset, attitudes, to give it away. Paul says, this is what spiritually mature people do. So let's build for success. Let's build for life. And let's build our church. Let's build our friends. Let's build our family. Let's build our community like never before. We give you praise and thanks. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.